This episode of Talkie Indonesia was recorded on the lands of the Banang people. The country of Indonesia. Do they like me in Indonesia? 100% confident Indonesia will prevail. Hello and welcome back to the Talk Indonesia podcast for 2023. I'm your host Dave McRae from the University of Melbourne's Centre for Indonesian Law, Islam and Society and it's great to be kicking off the podcast again for another year. We had a record number of listens in 2022 and I know my co-hosts already have some great episodes in the pipeline for this year so do keep tuning in and please spread the word to anyone you know who's not on the Talk Indonesia bandwagon yet. In today's episode we'll be discussing Indonesia's response to AUKUS the security pact reached in secret between Australia, the United States and the United Kingdom, announced in September 2019. Under the pact, the three allies will share defence capabilities, with the initial headline item being Australia's acquisition of a fleet of nuclear-powered but conventionally armed submarines. Alongside criticism of AUKUS by Australia's abruptly abandoned submarine partner France, and from China, the Indonesian government has also expressed persistent reservations about the pact. Indonesia's foreign ministry expressed caution in response to the initial announcement of AUKUS, for example, and in 2022 the Indonesian government submitted a working paper to a UN review of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty critical of the transfer of submarine nuclear propulsion to non-nuclear weapons states. What underpins Indonesia's negative response to AUKUS, and how widely are Indonesia's views shared in Southeast Asia? What can we learn from Indonesia's response to AUKUS about how Indonesia will seek to manage great power competition between the United States and China? Might AUKUS spur Indonesia to alter its own defence acquisition plans? To discuss these issues, I'm joined today by Dr. Ahmad Rizkiem Umar from the School of Political Science and International Studies at the University of Queensland, who along with Yulida Santoso from Universitas Gajamada has written a forthcoming paper on Southeast Asian responses to AUKUS. Umar, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Indonesia today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, it's a delight to have you on the podcast and indeed as the first guest for Talking Indonesia in 2023. Now, can I start by asking you, the Indonesian government has responded negatively to this AUKUS pact. Are its objections limited only to Australia's planned acquisition of nuclear-propelled conventionally armed submarines, or does the Indonesian government have a broader objection to the sharing of defence capabilities between Australia, the US and the UK? Okay, so basically, uh, Indonesia has released uh, the five-point reservations to, to AUKUS uh, when it was released uh, in 2021. So... So the basic concerns that Indonesia's foreign ministry has in the in the reservation is that it will violate Australia's commitment to non-nuclear proliferations. So basically, it's about the the no nuclear propellants, which is something that is going on with AUKUS. But Indonesia's foreign ministry has also released some concerns about. The arms race, and this is the the second point of the of the reservations, in which Indonesia is not only conscious about the decisions for the nuclear powered submarines from Australia, UK, and the United States, 
but also its implications. So in this sense, even though Indonesia does not necessarily talking about having reservations about the defense sharing agreement, it has concerns about the arms race implications from that. When you say there's a broader concern about an arms race, before Australia was looking to purchase these nuclear-propelled submarines from the UK or the US and have this broader sharing of defence capabilities, I mean, Australia was already a close ally of both of those countries and had planned to acquire diesel-propelled submarines from France, uh, which, of course, were very controversially cancelled, causing uh, at least a temporary rift between Australia and France. Um What is it about the AUKUS Pact that spurred those particular reservations from Indonesia and fears of an arms race? So I think there are two things happening here. First uh, is that because it's between Australia and the United States, which is a great power uh, and it can provoke some responses from other great powers in, in Asia, which is China. And this is something that uh, Indonesia is concerned So Indonesia is not concerned, relatively not concerning too much with Australia and France uh, agreement. But when it comes to the United States, Indonesia seems to respond to that agreement based on the concerns that it will provoke some response from China. And the second is also about uh, the ongoing disputes uh, in the region. It's about the South China Sea, for example, and it's also about the broader U.S. activities, maritime security activities, which is very much close to Indonesia's territories. And also returning to the to the questions of the great powers, then uh, it could propel broader implications in regard to, to regional security. So this is the concerns that makes Indonesia makes a reservation to our coast, and it's not relatively concerned with other countries. Now, I mean, when you mentioned that great power competition and in particular the United States actions in Southeast Asia through freedom of nav- navigation operations and the like, of course, AUKUS is not the only pact that Australia has that I guess uh, has implications for Southeast Asia. Uh, Australia has also entered into this quadrilateral dialogue with the US, India and Japan, the Quad, which you know potentially could run somewhat at odds with Indonesia's preferred approach to managing great power competition, which is through forums centred on ASEAN, the grouping of Southeast Asian countries. When you look at those two groupings, the Quad with the US, India, Japan and Australia, and now AUKUS with the US and UK, is one or the other of greater concern to Indonesia? So Indonesia is now increasingly concerned uh, with the the Quad as well. So in latest UN General Assembly sessions, Indonesia's Prime Minister Ratamar Sudi indirectly referred to multilateral groupings that she thinks could harm the regional stability, it could harm the world peace in general. And many analysts refer to this notion, not only to AUKUS, uh, which Indonesia has concerned previously, but also to Quad. Even though actually Indonesia and Japan, for example, one of the members of the Quad has a good bilateral relationship, Japan is also an investor in one of Indonesia's development projects. 
But in the context of U.S.-China uh, great power competitions right now, so Indonesia is now becoming increasingly concerned with the Quad as well. Uh, and also uh, before that, Indonesia has also endorsed the Asian outlook in Indo-Pacific as one way to mitigate uh, risk through a to Asia, even though many analysts criticize this outlook because it's not operable. We don't know how to use this strategically to deal with, with regional security issues. So it's now, yes, AUKUS is one thing, and Quad is also another thing that Indonesia is now increasingly criticized, especially in international forums like the United Nations. Sure, sure. So neither grouping is Indonesia's preferred way to deal with great power competition. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, when... The Indonesian Foreign Ministry did issue those reservations to AUKUS through a statement back in September 2021. Uh, The Foreign Ministry mentioned specifically respecting the ASEAN Treaty of Amity and Cooperation, as well as paying heed to the UN Convention of the Laws of the Seas, UNCLOS, in resolving disputes between nations. Is AUKUS at odds with either of those instruments? I think before I respond to that question, I think we need to see that the reference to UNCLOS and the reference to TAC is a pretty standard commitment that Indonesia also always referred to when responding to particular issues. ASEAN is one of the cornerstone of Indonesia's foreign policy, and Indonesia is usually looking at ASEAN when it responding, responding to a particular issue. Also, Indonesia is concerned very much with the maritime territorial uh, integrity, and this is why UNCLOS is usually uh, referred to. With regard to AUKUS, I think at one point, if you take a look at the broader agreement in, in AUKUS, it's not actually essentially undermining the AC or UNCLOS, because it's, it's in line with the UN's freedom of navigations. Procedures, and then it's also one thing that that is closely related to the bilateral relations between US and Australia, and also the UK. But Indonesia is concerned with the implications of that of August with regard to the regional stability, because we don't know if if the August will be taking into a particular territory in Indian or Pacific Ocean, for example. And Indonesia is very much concerned with the militarizations of the Indian and Pacific Oceans, which, to some extent, it could harm its maritime territorial uh, integrity. What about Indonesia's objections based on non-proliferation? Obviously, Australia feels that it's respecting its non-proliferation obligations in entering into AUKUS. Is Indonesia of a different view? So Indonesia is uh, concerned with the nuclear propellants uh, activities. First, I think because Indonesia seems to look this as having the regional implications rather than directly violating uh, Australia's commitment to non-proliferation treaty. One of the interesting example of this is the another responses from ASEAN to AUKUS. One of the responses that was made by ASEAN member states, including Indonesia, to August uh, in Australia ASEAN forums in early 2022, says that Australia is actually respecting the non-nuclear proliferation treaty. But we think, based on the five-point reservations, uh, Indonesia is concerned with the implications of the 
uh, nuclear powered submarines even though it is not directly violating the non nuclear proliferation treaty it has an implications to trigger competitions between nuclear states which was one of the concerns made by Indonesia when it submitted a working paper to the review treaty conference in 2022 so the the the, the concern is not on the direct violation itself but it's about uh, the implications to regional stability and competitions uh, between nuclear states now you mentioned indonesia submitted a working paper sort of about this issue of nuclear non-proliferation um to a un meeting in 2022 um could you talk us through what that working paper was and what sort of arguments it advanced so the the working paper is actually pretty short uh, it was submitted by the indonesian representatives to the uh, un and then it's actually reiterating the concerns uh, made by the indonesia's five point reservations uh, with regard to nuclear problems uh, with regard to obligations to nuclear non nuclear proliferation treaty and it also thinks that the nuclear problems activities would have negative implications to the applications of the non nuclear proliferation treaty obligations it is in this context that indonesia made these concerns and the th- the fact is uh, that before indonesia submitting the working paper indonesia appears to have consultations uh, with several countries including china i think one confirmation from china says that china is in line with indonesia's positions as well as brazil who also made concerns about uh, nuclear preference in the review treaty so yeah basically the concern is about the regional implications and the the implications to to arms race and then the competitions between the nuclear states sure sure i mean it's interesting where you mentioned their consultations with china and brazil i guess is the main function of this working paper as an uh, i guess a focal point for indonesia to try to build broader opposition to orcas among other countries so i'm not sure if it's about the the broader oppositions but indonesia tries to engage to both countries indonesia is engaging with australia i think both foreign minister reto marsudi and president joko widodo mentioned this in a bilateral meeting with uh, Antonio Albanese back in 2022 but also Indonesia wants to maintain close relations with China because AUKUS seems to be in opposition with with China China has negatively responded to to AUKUS and then Indonesia wants to mediate between the two countries so basically i think uh, the consultations uh, was made because Indonesia was concerned that the response to AUKUS from China could lead to more uh, repercussions in in regional security so i think it's about the engagement not about the oppositions to AUKUS uh, and it's related to Indonesia's principle of the independent and active policy which favors engaging with all great powers thinking about Indonesia's actions in those terms do you think the goal of the Indonesian government is to attempt to prevent AUKUS from going ahead prevent Australia acquiring nuclear powered submarines or is it more to manage the i guess the reverberations that that may create create across the region i think it's more in the second mm. it's more about preventing the alliance 
from shape to shaping the crisis in the regions, and also to make sure that the defense sharing agreement between Australia, UK, and the United States doesn't have any effects to to regional security. Even though, given China's opposition, is is actually difficult, uh, and also because Indonesia doesn't have any capacity to prevent the agreement between Australia, UK, and the United States. It's beyond uh, Indonesia's outreach. So what Indonesia wants to do in responding to AUKUS is to make sure that every great powers are not making this momentum of AUKUS to proliferate further crisis uh, in, in the region. So I think this is why Indonesia engaged both United States, China and Australia to, to mitigate further risks. Now, I mean, at least in the public responses that we've seen from the Indonesian government, it's the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I guess, naturally enough, who has taken the lead, issuing statements and the like. Are there concerns shared across the Indonesian security establishment, I I guess, the armed forces and and also Indonesia's strategic thinkers uh, in terms of their reservations about AUKUS? This is an interesting question uh, because to some extent, probably the defence minister is not completely disagreeing with AUKUS. So the defense circles, the armed force, Indonesia's armed force is naturally not resistant to, to the AUKUS and then the defense sharing uh, corporations. Partly because Indonesia also uh, met similar problems with China's naval presence uh, in the region, in South China Sea, for example, in the North China Sea, where Indonesia's maritime service agency Bakamla is now facing the problems with the, with the presence of China's vessels. So I think the concerns is more about the diplomatic concerns led by Indonesia's Prime Ministry. And to some extent, there is no significant opposition to AUKUS from the defense circles. And, and I think it's also related to the nature of Indonesia's foreign policy making process which is usually uh, divided between the foreign policy camps, the, the foreign ministry, and then the, the military and then the defense uh, circles. So at the moment, uh, the opposition from the defense uh, circles is not significant, even though they do not make objections to foreign ministries' reservations of That's interesting in itself, because I recall... Back in 2011, when it was announced that Australia would be receiving rotations of US Marines through Darwin, the Indonesian Armed Forces commander of the time, and I have in my mind it may have been Gatot Namantio, but that, that perhaps it was his predecessor, but whoever it was made a public comment about this uh, potentially being aimed at Papua, whereas I think in US and Australian strategic thinking, it was clearly something aimed at managing the perceived threat of China. But nevertheless, I guess this illustrates a dynamic where, I guess, military actions or arms acquisitions that may be intended to manage one country's potential threat may be interpreted as a, as a threat by its neighbours. Is there any element of Indonesia seeing Australia's planned acquisition of nuclear-propelled submarines as a threat to Indonesia's own security, I guess, directly rather than through regional tensions? So uh, I'm not sure there's one military or uh, foreign uh, ministry elites in Indonesia thinks in that way. So mm. I think the concerns is the concern from foreign ministry is more about the regional security implications because it will propose more arms race in the region. 
But I think there are some responses, especially from the nationalist politicians in Indonesia who naturally think uh, that August could lead to an alliance that could threaten Indonesia's territorial integrity, even though it's not on, it's not about Papua. It's more about the fear of the regional and global tensions that could put in and could force Indonesia to take sides. But generally, I think about the military and the foreign ministry response is more about the, the tensions to regional security. It's not Uh, about the Calvinistic arguments about Indonesia's territorial integrity being threatened by Australia. I mean, you've written this forthcoming paper with your leader, Santoso, about broader Southeast Asian responses to AUKUS. How broadly are Indonesia's concerns shared across the region? So Indonesia's concerns is primarily shared by Malaysia, because Malaysia also has concerns about the neutrality Malaysia is more concerned about how AUKUS will lead to, not only to arms race, but to force uh, Southeast Asia to abandon its neutral positions. In this context, even Malaysia's former uh, defense minister, Shamdin Hussein, planned to consult with China on, on AUKUS, even though we don't know if the, the plan is actually materialized because of the Malaysia's uh, political crisis at the moment. But uh, the, the response of, from Southeast Asian region is actually diverse. Vietnam and the Philippines silently made support to AUKUS. Uh, Ferdinand Bocas Jr. does not have any concerns with AUKUS, even though it has some concerns with the territorial integrity and concerns with the ongoing disputes with, the China, with China in the South China Sea. Vietnam has a pretty uh, relatively similar uh, positions. And even Singaporean prime minister says that we cannot force all 10 ASEAN member states to take a similar positions. So basically, there's a divide in this context. And I think concerns to AUKUS is more shared by Indonesia uh, and Malaysia and several countries who are close with China. But given the tensions in the South China Sea, the regional security and the national security interests from other Southeast Asian countries. So the the response is not uniform. Sure, sure. Now, I mean, of course, Indonesia is the chair of ASEAN this year. Yes. Do you think AUKUS is one of the issues that Indonesia will seek to generate more regional consensus about over the next 12 months? I think so, yes. And uh, this is something that Frame Minister Retno Marsudi mentioned in her address in UN General Supply. Even though reaching consensus on AUKUS is not uh, an easy task for ASEAN, given the different and diverse positions to uh, AUKUS and different national security uh, concerns as well with regard to AUKUS. So Indonesia might try to uh, seek uniform positions, but the ways in which and the extent to which this effort will succeed, I think, we need to wait for the whole year. And also, I think because one of the priority from Indonesia now is also about Myanmar. So it's, Indonesia is not relatively concerned with other issues because Indonesia is now prioritizing the how the Myanmar question will be resolved. Including, I believe, the foreign minister being appointed herself personally as a special envoy to deal with that Myanmar issue. 
Yep, that's also one reflection from how Indonesia is now trying to resolve the problem, which is overdue. It was felt with the five-point consensus back a couple of years ago. We've covered so far, I guess, consultations that Indonesia has undertaken, things it might do in ASEAN. What about the AUKUS members themselves? Are there representations they could be making to the Indonesian government to manage some of its reservations about the pact? So basically, Indonesia was concerned with Australia. And Indonesia was also concerned with the United States, even though at some meetings uh, between uh, Joko Widodo and President Joe Biden and also another meeting on at the East Asia Forum, uh, sorry, uh, at the East Asia Summit uh, last year, the issue of AUKUS was not touched in full way. So I think Indonesia was pretty careful when raising this issue with, with the United States, also with, with the UK. With this regard. But Indonesia was uh, making more concerns with, with Australia because Australia is uh, Indonesia's close neighbors and Australia's foreign policy will have some implications if we don't indirectly to Indonesia. Sure, sure. I was going to ask you, is that because Australia is the least powerful of the three countries involved yeah. is why Indonesia's attention has been focused towards Australia? Yep. Uh, Indonesia, well, even though Australia's capability compared to UK and US is not that powerful, but still Indonesia, to some extent, is still making some concerns and making some careful positions to, to raise security issues. Given past uh, security issues, I think, with regard to the intelligence and then with regard to several uh, territorial uh, disputes, which I think uh, it's pretty much uh, resolved through diplomatic manners, I think. But Indonesia has uh, some pretty much, and uh, to some extent, it has uh, some concerns with, with Australia. But with US and UK, uh, even though they have more capability, Indonesia is not making some direct reservations and concerns uh, to them. I mean, do you expect the AUKUS pact to have long-term implications for Australia-Indonesia relations? I'm not sure it will have long-term implications. It will be depending on on the on Indonesia's domestic politics as well, and Australia's relations with Indonesia, the dynamics and and the diplomatic continuation of key negotiation issues. Uh, but also, it will be depending on the tensions uh, between United States and China. Uh, so, to some extent, Indonesia might not be concerned in a long term with AUKUS if the state is able to settle some some issues with, with China. So it's about the great power competitions that makes Indonesia concerned with AUKUS. But in the long run, I think it will be depending on diplomatic efforts by Albanese government, by the Australian government, and then with Indonesian government as well. I think there are some good signs of improvement, I think, especially under Albanese. But well, let's see if, if the relations could be improved. Also, one of the concerns that was made by Indonesia in 2021 is that, was that Indonesia was not consulted by Australia when Australia released uh, AUKUS. So it is something that I think it's about the technical issues. It's about how the diplomatic relations between the two countries are made. And also, if Indonesia and Australia can improve their diplomatic relations, I think AUKUS will not be concerns. Now, I mean, more broadly, do we learn anything from looking at Indonesia's responses to AUKUS 
about how it will manage competition between the US and China in particular and, and other great powers in the Southeast Asian region? I think one lesson that we could learn from Indonesia's response is about the response of a middle power that lies between in, in between the red powers. And it is something that become one characteristic of Indonesia's foreign policy because Indonesia wants to mediate the, the tensions between great powers since its early independence. So this is something that we can learn. And also, the Indonesia's position is not unique in the sense that there are some countries like Malaysia, for example, or even Thailand or, or Philippines who has also concerns with the great power competitions, even though they have a different perspective on August. Philippines, for example, especially under Duterte, was concerned more about how uh, United States made and made the foreign policies related to China, which could harm their, their territorial integrity uh, in South China Sea disputes. So I think what we could learn from Indonesia's response is that when it comes about the AUKUS cooperations or cooperation, security cooperations between great powers, we should consider the positions of the middle power and smaller states who might not be able to challenge them directly, but still they have concerns and uh, the concerns be considered because it will bring some uh, bilateral implications. Talking about potential responses of middle powers uh, to a pact like AUKUS, of course, you mentioned the Indonesian government's concerns that we might see an arms race as a result. What would a regional arms race look like if it were to eventuate in response to AUKUS? So there is no clear definition what Indonesia's foreign ministry means by arms race, actually. And I think the assumption is based by the competitions between nuclear powers, uh, United States and China, and also the tensions between two biggest military in the Pacific region. It could be a nuclear competitions. It could be also about naval warfare. And Indonesia is now very much concerned with its maritime security, not only from China, but also from other non-traditional security issues like illegal fishing and with some other issues. So I think uh, the regional arms race is now in the Indo-Pacific region, it will be characterized by a double warfare. And Indonesia is very much concerned if the first point of the conflict will take place near or, or in uh, the Indonesia's territory. And I think some uh, Indonesia's defense analysts uh, are now uh, embracing some thinking about anti-access warfare to secure the maritime territory. So so basically it's about the concerns about naval warfare, future naval warfare in the region. Okay, so the concern is primarily about ways that the US and China might strengthen their navies rather than other Southeast Asian states? and the way they might respond? Yep, because I think Southeast Asian countries do, do not have strong naval capabilities compared to that of China and United States. However, the conflict will take place in, in within the region, even though it's not the, the conflict not, is not directly taking place uh, in the region, the repercussions could be felt by the region. So I think, yeah, it's more about the US and China's war, which includes the navies and which concerns uh, Southeast Asia rather than other uh, Southeast Asian countries. You mentioned anti-access capabilities for Indonesia. Is that the main way that you'd expect Indonesia might respond if an arms race were to eventuate in terms of its own 
defense acquisitions and what might those anti-access capabilities look like? So it's still under development. I think some people uh, like Andrew Giento or, or Falaxmana, for example, are uh, talking about how to secure Indonesia's resources uh, and Indonesia's territories by denying access from conflicting parties to access from Indonesia's region. It's difficult for Indonesia because if the Nova warfare happens and then it will be taking place in, in the sea, which, is, which covers much of the Indonesia's territory. So, in, so it will be about denying access while maintaining strict neutrality uh, in, in the region. And I think this is something that is not currently happening. So I think as long as the US, China and other parties can settle their interests in, in the diplomatic manner, I think this is something, this scenario is not something that is uh, happening. Sure, sure. No, and indeed, much of the debate around AUKUS in Australia has been that these acquisitions could still be decades and decades into the future, yeah. by which time Australia itself might face a significant capability gap. Now, Umar, there's a lot more I could ask you, and I'll certainly be keeping an eye out for your forthcoming paper with Yulida Santoso on the Southeast Asian responses to AUKUS, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for in talking Indonesia today. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. That was Dr. Ahmad Rizki M. Umar from the School of Political Science and International Studies at the University of Queensland, author with Yulida Santoso from Universitas Gajamada of a forthcoming paper on Southeast Asian responses to AUKUS. Talking Indonesia returns on 2 February with my co-host Dr. Gemma Purdy. Until then, you can find the entire archive of episodes for free at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.